on, everybody. I lost the little, the other guitar that I usually have for this. Happy Saturday, Sunday, wherever you are, depending in the world. My fans have given up on me once again. Oh, fans. Don't ever buy USB fans. They don't work. All right, let's get into this. We have a guest tonight. We have a guest tonight. What's going on? Buffalo traffic. I'm sporting your shirt. Let's see, we'll get you in here. Pop, pop in the guest. Except. What's up? What's up, man? How are you? Excellent. How are you? Great. This is my guest, everybody. I'm looking forward to this. Yes. <laughs> this is this is Jeremy. This is Buffalo Traffic. Right here. Oh, my you goodness. Can, here, let me see. Boom. See? I got the shirt, dude. <laughs> I printed, like, just, like, two of those. I've got one right here. I promise you. <laughs> in, in perfect you, know, you know what's funny? For like, <clears throat> for, like, a long time, I was wondering where the other one was. Yeah. And then, like, I was at my aunt and uncle's like a year ago, and my aunt was wearing it. I Isn't guess that I had left it there. Isn't that the best? <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. My auntie, she passed away a couple months ago. Oh, I'm sorry to hear about that. Yeah, she was uh, she's my mom's sister, so we were pretty tight. You know, she lived in L.A., so I saw her quite a bit when I was out there. Yeah, that's tough, dude. That's tough. Yeah, she had Parkinson's disease for a long time, so... But she was a good lady. She was a poet. She had, you know, you know. We're Don't me to start on. We're all with Joe. Yeah, yeah. I know that's fucked up, but it's true. I think it's just how you live your life. You know how you gonna live think, your life. I think about it a lot because I lost a, a friend from high school recently. My friend Natalie last year. You know, I've been thinking about it more lately. You know, my best but friend just passed made... away. My best friend passed away at like. Uh, a year and I want to say six months ago, and he was part of the band. You met That's, him, the, the dude. I with did, the yes, I know. You know Robert, and mm -hmm. dude, that fucked me up big time, bro. Like that's sure. But right before I started this podcast, like like my very first podcast, I'm all happy and joyful, and then the mm -hmm. next week he died, and then you see me come on the podcast, and I'm just like a shell of a man. You know? Yeah, I, I think I met him. You guys played at. Uh... Was it Bardo? Yeah, yeah, the Bardo. Yeah, I met him there, and then I also I think I met him when you played at the opening up for Krieger at the in Pasadena. Yes. Um, so I think I met him a couple. I think he was there that night too. Yeah, um, he did. He was always with me. He was always. He, yeah, he was kind of like your right hand man, you know. He was, dude, and to lose that shit makes me not want to play anymore. But I'm still going to. But like, you know what I'm saying? Like when you lose yeah. people close to you. You just don't, like, you kind of lose it after a while. Like, I feel like a piece of me is gone. And half of that thing was just playing, like, for that dude so we could hang out together and just be adult men doing shit that was, like, entertainment that was, you know, not, like, what normal guys do at our age. Like football and shit like that, you know? So you knew him for, like, a long time? 25 years. Oh, 26 wow. years. Yeah. So. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. It sucks. Yeah, my friend Natalie, who passed, she was like, she was like always supporting my music. And she was like, I have to produce you, though. You need to do it more hard rock. I want to, if you do it like I tell you, it'll be a hit. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, yeah. And yeah. Then she got, like, I was hanging out with her around when the pandemic started, left LA for a little while. And then a couple months later, she told me she had a cancer diagnosis. And I went a few months later and hung out with her a few times. Um, and then, she, and then I saw her about a month before she passed. She was staying at her parents, and uh, she, she was just. I'm wondering. She probably knew who you were. I don't know if you guys met. I don't know, but she like, yeah, she probably definitely knew who you were because I probably told her about your music and stuff. And I'm just trying to think, but um, that's she's so crazy. Sometimes, like, dude, yeah, that's yeah. you know, like she was definitely like connected, you know, to like everything you know and her name's natalie you know 
Natalie. See, there's a song in that. Don't we're gonna have to. We might have to write that. Like I know it's weird, but that's where the inspiration comes from. And fuck, man, like through songs, people can live on forever in a weird way. You know. So that's a it's a good name too. It's got um, it's got yeah. You know, it's got that rhythmic tone to it. I wrote a song for Brody Stevens, also this comedian I really liked who passed. Like, I only met him in passing, like, fist bumps and stuff like that. But I was a big fan of his comedy. And so when he passed, I wrote a song for him, too. Comedy's but, uh, the best, dude. I fucking love comedy. Uh, Mitch Hedberg, man. Like, I love oh. Mitch Hedberg. When he passed, I was like, dude, what? What are you talking about? What are you talking about? What was about? that one about rice? Rice is something... Rice is great if you want, like, a thousand or something. Or... Yeah. Dude. <laughs> He's so good. And Hold he used on to play second. a lot with Doug Stanhope, who I really like a lot. You know, Doug Can Stanhope. I say something? Uh, if if yeah. Raphael Acala 76 is still fucking looking right here, like, I'm watching the show, where have you been, dude? Where are you at? This is someone that I work with, and I haven't seen him for a minute. And, uh, anyways, if you're still watching, tell me where you're at. I, it's You know. They're one of the people that slip away and either they get injured or they have another kid or uh, I just, I've been. Where are you, Raphael? You were 76 or like us, huh? Yep. 76, bitch. (laughs) 76, sir. You're the dragon. My my twin brother's a 76 or two. That's the best year. It's the best year, bro. You know, I actually have a Mitch Hedberg story. Um, Not about him particularly, but. I used to work at this cafe called Dolce Cafe. Hi, Julia. And Lynn Shawcroft, you know who Lynn Shawcroft is? I don't think so. She used but, to come but... in there and she was his wife. Oh, crazy. But she came in like probably a year or so after he passed. And I didn't even know who, I didn't know, I'm not, I didn't know who he was at the time. Yeah. And she was just like, yeah, my husband passed away. And, you know, so then I kind of went and, on a deep dive to see who he was because I didn't actually know his stuff, you know. Wow. And um, wow. she's who I first heard of Doug Stanhope from, too, you know. That was that, before I was more into comedy. I got more into comedy, like, more recently. That name's really familiar. If I saw his face, I think I would know exactly the de- who you're talking about there, you know. Yeah. So, yeah. Comedy is the best, bro, and it's like – I think it's a it's a way to get away from music because when you're a musician, you're always around it and it starts to just fucking bog. You know, it's fun and great, but sometimes you just want to step away and just laugh, you know? You need things to get you out of your brain, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and just like, you know, that's the whole key, I think, you know? Yep, definitely. Whether it's going on a crazy bike ride or going on, you know, just... I had a, I had a couple crazy bike rides in the rain yesterday. Yeah, uh, in Seattle because I have this, I have this part-time job where it's like, it's called Kite, and they like bring rental cars to people and pick them up, and I have this little fold-up bike, and I rode, I ride like miles to get some car, and then I'll throw it in the car, but like yesterday, like the Google, I, it was like dumping rain on me, and the Google Maps kept like messing up, and, yeah. and I was like, I was like late, and I was like totally freaking out. I was like, what am I doing on this job? Blah blah blah, you know, just like. <laughs> It was one of those like fuck this shit, fuck my life. But then it's like yeah. I got it all done. I got like I got paid the next day, so I'm like, okay, it's not so bad, you know. And gave it's me a worth little... it. <laughs> and it's the adventure too. It's totally the adventure. Like right now, before the show, at about nine o'clock, I was so hungry for some like chocolates. Like, dude, I just need oh. chocolate, right? So, like, dude, I haven't jumped on my skateboard forever, and I'm like, dude, uh, I got to get back here before the show starts. So I hopped on my skateboard, and, man, I, like, all of a sudden was in the middle of, like, CVS parking lots, like, doing, like, <laughs> trying to do kickflips and, like, shit that I've never, you know, like, I haven't done forever. Then I grab the chocolate, and then I'm all of a sudden I'm crossing the street, and there's this, this sheriff, and I'm like, oh, fuck, man. I'm like, I, if I biff this in front of the sheriff, he's going to pull me the fuck over, you know? So I had to keep a straight face through the crosswalk and fucking hit it perfectly. And once he knew that I hit that skateboard perfectly, he's like, oh, that guy's fine. You know? But <laughs> I would have been in jail right now, and this wouldn't be happening. So <laughs> Skating is so – I love skating, and I, like – I really admire people like that do tricks and stuff. I always just use it for transportation, but I never learned how to like ollie or anything like that, you know, like, but it's so awesome if you can, you know? Oh, I love it. And the older I get, the the more I have to be careful. Like I just have to loosen up my ankles and, and, and uh, not be so competitive with myself because I like those tricks 
and those tricks are the things that give you the adrenaline. So as you get older, isn't it, when you isn't it shit, funny that the, the same stuff we liked at twenty one is the stuff we still like? Dude, the same shit <laughs> like, I love. I love skateboarding and rock and roll, bro. I started when I was eight years old, right? Eight years old, and now I'm 40, <laughs> fucking almost, go, you know, going on six. And, like, dude, I, I love it just as much as I did. It gives me that freedom of, like, just riding a wave, but on land. Either if I'm not doing tricks or not. Just, like, I didn't even do any tricks tonight. I really didn't. I did, like, like a pop shove it, and that was it. And But that was enough because it was just the ride. It was, like, the ride of, like, you know, I'm on this fucking piece of wood, and I'm riding the cement in the middle of Southern California, and it just feels like, you know, a thing to do instead of just sitting at home, you know, door dash. Have you ever been to that um, that skate park in Venice? Like, yes. Venice Beach? Yeah, of course. Oh, my God. Dude, the people there, the, the tricks they can do and stuff, I'm just like, oh, man. So I don't even awesome. skate there. I went there one time. Uh, you know, way back in the 90s looking for, for Perry because of the, you know, the whole point of a prior shit. And, dude, there was just that Venice Beach vibe. And I remember seeing the Chinese blues player and uh, and just, like, the muscle men and all that crazy shit, dude. And I went down there just because the of The guy that chuggles chainsaws, you know, that guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, dude. Fucking, and then, of course, Harry Perry with the, Oh, you know, I had his tape. Yeah, he's great. I had dude. his tape when I was a kid. I bought his tape off of him. Shit's real, dude. It's good times. Good times. My, my aunt and uncle lived right by the boardwalk. Like, so when I, I was would visit, I would go there. And then in 97, I moved to Venice. And I used to walk down Abbott Kinney. So I was there's this place where Perry actually had like a, it was sort of like a recording studio party space kind of thing. Damn. And there's this guy that used to hang out in front of it. It was like a security guard. And that's the guy that actually hooked me up with the tickets for the 97 show. But um, one time I went in there and Perry was having some kind of party. Yeah. And I was totally starstruck. But he had some kind of like, I don't know, some kind of electronica music on. Yeah. And then, and then there was like this screen and he it would show him like on the, it showed his face on the screen. And he'd be like, he'd make these different faces and stuff. And he, they were just like dancing around. So, and I was just like, I, I sit, I'm so mad at myself, though, because instead of sticking around and, like, trying to be like, hey, what's up? I got all, like, starstruck and just left. You know what I mean? That's the right I, thing and I think it's, That's the right there's thing to so do. Many times, there's so many times in my life where I just, like, no, no, I, I better just not, not, like, approach this person or leave them. You know what I mean? Just like, and you know why? Because it's really, I'll, I'll be honest, it's it's not always the thing to do. And recently, like... I have a friend that approached me several times and he was a friend. And then like, I'm not going to get into details, but like, this was just a dude that was, he really liked my music and I, and I liked him a lot because he liked my music and I didn't know who he was at all. I didn't know shit about him. I just knew he liked what I was doing. And all of a sudden I found out he was just a fucking creep and he was like a criminal and a real criminal and a creep. And then all of a sudden I'm like, oh, well, I kind of get why people like Harry and all these people separate themselves from the fucking public because you don't know oh, who the fuck. You have to be careful. Is. Yeah. Yeah. It's a problem. It's a fucking problem. Like it really is. And, and dude, I talk to this guy like every day and he, he like, he just turned out to be a horrible, horrible person. And, uh, <laughs> You know, this is, it's tough, but you're not a horrible person. So you talking to Perry is not like a bad thing, but I think. I know, but I just, you know, a lot of times when I meet like a famous person, I'm just like, I don't want to like come across too fanboy or something. So I get all like, like, uh, like I even, I met the edge a couple years ago and I, and I uh, was like, and he actually came and shook my hand. Right. But then like, I didn't talk to him and I went. It was at this art gallery thing. His wife owns this art gallery in Venice, right? Yeah. And I was hanging out there, and I, I actually talked to Dallas Shoe for quite a while. And actually, Natalie was with me at the time, the one who passed away. Yeah. And we, we talked to Dallas Shoe, who was like the guitar tech for U2, right? Yeah. And, and then him and Edge were hanging out, right? And then, like, me and Natalie went to this back area where, like, the guy from Muse was there. Like, all these, like, all these people, you know what I mean? And then, like this lady like came and she wanted to show us this recording studio that there was was and then when we went back everyone was gone and i'm like i lost my, like i lost my chance to talk to the edge man because yeah. i really wanted to talk to him but then my friend who who my other friend who had been with me he was like well i think it's actually a good idea because then it's like 
you didn't come across all like, oh, you know what I mean? Like, you know, but I, but I, I am like that. <laughs> I love what you think I'm both a blue sky. I love what you did in, you know, like you just start breaking shit down. When you use the double uh, filter on, you know, like, of course. I've been listening to you since I was 10, man. Oh, my God. I love you. <laughs> okay. So when I was honest, true story, I went to Pennsylvania when I was 12 years old and my grandfather that I met for the first time pulled out a hundred dollar bill and he goes, here you go. And at the time there was music plus I went down to music plus and like there was, uh, it was Josh. That's Ripley. a lot of money back then. Dude. Yeah. So I bought, <laughs> like, I bought like 10 tapes and they were all you too. It was like war under a blood red sky. Like, uh, like all the early, I bought so many tapes of you too. And then as I went through Pennsylvania, like going to these shitty, horrible, like, you know, um, war, like brandy wine, these just war fucking reprimissing, you know, bullshit things. I had my headphones on and I could just listen to like Elvis Presley in America, you know, like, like, you know, just oh, like that where you're so just good. Like, yeah, bro. Like just, did you uh, ever see that making, there's like a making of the unforgettable fire. It's like a, I think it's on YouTube now, but I, um, I haven't seen that. I was going to Academy of Art like when I was in my twenties, and in and, and the video library they had it right, and I, uh, I, and I was watching it like over and over again. It's just them in this castle recording, yeah, that that unforgettable fire, and it's just like kind of like <laughs> funky monks, huh? Kind of like, oh. like funky monks. I, I, you know what? I could just live off of band documentaries, and, like never watch <laughs> anything else. I don't need anything else but band documentaries. <laughs> So true. You know, just like funky monks when they're doing the uh, the percussion for breaking the girl. You know, yes. you know. Actually, I, in one of the cars I was driving yesterday, there was actually a Red Hot Chili Peppers radio station. Of course, I didn't know these. These fancy cars have these like like serious stations where it's like it'll be a Pearl Jam station and like. They're playing like Pearl Jam live in Fresno just like a few weeks ago. They're like yeah. the Pearl, uh, or the Chili Peppers album. Like Fleet is talking about how he he loves playing the Chili Peppers, and then all of a sudden there's like a Fella Cootie song, you know, so, and just like just stuff that he's influenced by, you know. And I'm just like, yeah. oh my god, the wild world of serious radio that I didn't even know about, you know. Well, I'll tell you this: so, I'm really influenced by you. And dude, are, are you able to 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 give me a song right now? Can you can you perform in front? I of got us? my pawn shop guitar right here. I got Hell yes, Marysville okay. pawn shop. Uh, give us something. Give us something. Well, you know what? The day after we talked a couple days ago, I was so inspired that the next day I woke up and I had a song that I wrote. Oh shit! And I only I don't remember the verses, but I think I can do the chorus. So I'm just going to do the chorus, okay? Do it, man. What's so, what, um, what key? Just in case. B minor. Okay. So I'm just gonna do the chorus, and then I'm gonna do another song. But the it goes. Um, I see what you mean. I see what you mean, but it could be different. what you mean and it could be good ain't nobody right all the time and when you're done committing your crime and you see that there is more to life and you've done all that you could it's called I see what you mean I like it man I like it I like it. So it was so weird. Like I was, I had this like almost like solo thing in my head and I kept, and then I was like, I was like getting it on guitar and that's how I came up with the, the verses, but I don't have all the verses memorized yet. Cause I wrote like, I wrote, this was like a, like a, a longer song. Like I used to write longer songs and lately I was trying to been like, Oh, I got to make it more accessible and short. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. but I think I'm going back to just whatever the fuck I want. You know what I mean? So. It's so funny because, to... like, I do those, I do those quick poppy ones, and then, like, I wa I like to watch you do these songs that are that are longer, that have just more verse to them, that have more of a story, and like, that's where I want to go. 
So it's funny that, you know what I'm saying? Like, I want to go the opposite of what the fuck I'm ever doing, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And of course, I could do TV in my head if you want me to. Of course. And what I really like, I'll tell you what I really like about you. Like, I'm a slave to my rhythm. And like, dude, I always like my fuck up is I always change, uh, you know, my my melody when when the chords change. And, and, and dude, you don't do that. You you like hone this level of melody over the fucking rhythm. That's so beautiful that I like do you think that you're extremely. Talented fucking oh, song, so. I didn't even know that I did that. <laughs> No, you do. You you have a natural <laughs> talent for songwriting. You really do, man. Like, you really do. I'm not joking. Well, I will say that, like, I mean, it's just something I've been doing for a long time, you know? And there's, like... It shows. It, it's so weird because, like, I've had so many weird jobs and so many things I, I didn't keep up with in life. But songwriting is one thing that I've kept up with in 30 years. You know what I mean? It's just... Totally. like you're, you're like that, too, right? It's like this this one constant that it's like, you know, you keep on working on and you don't even work on it just to get better. You work on it just because it's like your therapy. So and it's, and it's mysterious. You know. It's mysterious. Like, I don't know like what's going to happen. I don't know what's going to come out of my hands. Sometimes I don't know what's going to come out of my head. And sometimes that's the best part, you know, and when you're discovering that something about you that is truly in touch with something that's bigger than you, you know, and I think TV in your head is definitely it. Like, dude, the first time I heard the song, I was fucking just amazed. What key is it in? What's the key, just in case? Let's see. Oh, do you want me to do TV in my head? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sitting in the living room, not a single sound is heard. Friday night, you're all dressed up, and I am sitting here like a nerd. I had to put my nerd glasses on. Listening to my private thoughts and pirate radio. You could say that I messed up, well, tell me something I didn't know. There's a teeny in my head. Sing along, James. Nobody has what you say. Yeah, yeah. Seven stations in my eyes. Dancing spirits singing spies. Will you take me home? I was talking to Kabir in a country with no beer. Jolly on while the garden, we will have a picnic there. Talking about those ghosts like they're a friend that you see every other day. Some may call you crazy, I will listen to every word you say. Yeah. Like a TV in my head. Nobody has what you say yet. yet. Seven spaces in my eyes. Death and spirits singing spies. Will you take me home? Deep breath, I'll tell you when. Every ten seconds, you can start again. If the moment don't feel right, try to love another night. Say what? TV in my head. Don't understand a word she say yeah seven stations in my eyes dancing spirits singing spies will you take me home oh, 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 oh. 
Because when I was first playing that song, that time with the girl on the harp, yeah, you kind of got me like pumped about it. You know what I mean? It was awesome. It was so. You know, it's good to be intrinsically motivated, but it's also nice to have people cheering you on. Because sometimes it's lonely out there, you know. Yes. <laughs> Especially in social media, dude. Yes, because just sometimes the algorithms and the the political climate at the time, you know, they don't always show everybody what's you know they don't always show you like even like big bands like you see on facebook now they'll come live and like they got like sometimes like 113 people or something that's all the, the politics because these people want you to pay to be seen and that's just bullshit you know when you want to just yeah. go on and play live you know like you know so but no i love listening to you and i remember that day like like perfect man it was great you guys were just making a scene and creating something just like that Dude. I love Jenna with that hard player. Oh my god, yeah. she's so good. You know, yes. I jammed with her at this party at my friend Jake's. Jake's the one that actually ended up producing that song. But um, I was like, I need to jam with you more. Like you're just so fun to jam with, you know. And I'd love to get together and jam. She's in she's in Petaluma, which is Northern California. So, you know, I like how you. The chorus, like, dude, it's just like, it's like a trick. Like, when you're coming out of the chorus and you start to go back into the verse, it's just like, it's hypnotizing. You have a really hypnotizing way of, of uh, you know, melody, which is fucking awesome, man. Like, Thank you, man. I really appreciate it. Yeah. I really, like, it's been really good to talk to you because, like, like lately I haven't, like, you know, I don't know, like, I did a couple of shows in L.A. and stuff and, like, I was there for a little while and then I came back and I was kind of working. I'm kind of trying to work on like making videos actually like iMovie stuff, you know? Yeah. I did. And, but then I was like, ah, but I got to keep like, it's easy to fall off the, the, the songwriting thing. You know, you got to keep it. It's like a muscle, you know? And yep. I'm like, Oh, I haven't like, you know, been doing enough in the last few weeks. So I feel like when I talk to you, it kind of got me more motivated, you know? Yep. Good, good, because yeah. it's a muscle, and, like, the more you do it, they, they just, like, and for me, like, it's the therapy, too, like, you know, I, that dude I was telling you about, the let me down, I actually sang a song about him last week, and it made me, like, think about, well, where the fuck is this guy, where's this guy, and it was, Wait, about, like, about who? Uh, the dude that, like, let me down, that fan that was, like, got super close to me, you know, that I was telling you about? Yeah. I, a song about him last week i wrote a whole song for this dude kind of like sentimental and like like where yeah buddy where the what where, where did this guy go and then and then it in the back of my head made me go and google and find out that where this guy went was not a good place and he was a horrible human being so through the the power of songwriting i curiously wanted to find out but if i would have just left these thoughts in my head they just would have been you know, curious. There would have just been a TV in your head, dude. <laughs> exactly. Which which is life, dude. Which is life, you know? <laughs> yeah, songs, like, you know what's funny? I just felt like we're almost like a, we're almost like a 12 step without, like, the alcohol. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We're, we're, like, to keep each other accountable. Like, did you write a song today? Or did you work on a song today? Like, you know, there's you should a, have, like, something like that, you know, like a songwriter's, like, you know. Well, there's a book, uh, fucking by the dude from wilco and uh, um what's oh yeah tweety chef tweety okay and it's cool. like a thin book right and it's just like how yeah. to write a song and it, oh it's that's just, right yeah yeah and it's a really good book and, and the best advice that i got from that book is like just write and like they don't have to be masterpieces just start the song and like even if it starts like shit you know at least you started something and you can always go back and just change whatever you don't like, but at least you have some form of content. And when you start practicing like like five minute writes, you know, like, like you know, the best thing I ever did from that book was like, you know, there was like a five minute, a ten minute exercise, and then there was like a, a thirty second exercise. Okay, so you had to write a song in thirty seconds. Fucking try that, dude. Like it's hard, but you just like, yeah. your memory. Same thing. After a while, you can just do it. You know, you're like, and the clouds flew by. I saw him try. I went down that <laughs> love, you know, and it's just like that, you know, and, and it, then it really does stimulate these weird, you know, practice um, 
things that, you know, where the fuck is it coming from? Is it, is it intellect? Is it you, you know, like hooking up with some kind of form of consciousness that you don't really understand? Or is it just bullshit? Who, who knows? <laughs> you know? Have you ever heard Crispin Glover's songs? Oh, dude, yes. Clowny, clown, clown. <laughs> He's amazing. I have one of his books, dude. He has a book that's like just far out, bro. Like way yeah, I out. love weird people, you know? <laughs> yeah. Me too, dude. But you know what I was thinking was I used to um, when I lived in Venice in 97, I, I used to do these morning writings from that lady that had that book. What was it? The Artist Way, you know, or something. And okay. she, you, you do these like 10 minute writings yeah. where you just write and you don't think about what you're saying. You're just like, I, you can't even say, I don't have any ideas right now. This sucks. Like, I, I, you know, and then like you just keep going and that creates ideas like Exactly. But this happened to me and blah, 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 blah. So like I used to do this thing where I had this like typewriter and it would like, it was like this word processor where you type and then it would go bah, 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 like it would like, and one time my brother was staying there and, and he's like, oh, dude, can you like turn that thing down? Because <laughs> it's like, bah, 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 bah. so I had this like thing every morning where I would just like type and then I'd like go on a run on the beach and that combination of like kind of getting out of your body and I need, I need to do that more too like or even how you went on a skate you know or like yeah. you know I it's like we kind of have to be in our heads and work on that but then it's like you also have to get out of your head at the same time exactly to, to kind of like be balanced you know what I mean so. and then going out in the world gives you that you know that inspiration of just like like when I was on the run I saw this bluebird that you know that now is a I can be I can descriptive you know story of a bluebird you know going through the wind when i ever need that because i can see it you know and if you're not seeing these things it's hard to visualize a blue bird you know but birds birds are so incredible i mean i've been seeing like some crazy looking birds i'm like they're just so otherworldly you know they are they are they're amazing. They're almost like pterodactyls, man. Like, can you imagine fucking pterodactyls? Back <laughs> they're like they're like mini dinosaurs just floating they around. <laughs> Dude, seriously, I love it. Some of the shit they've been showing on, um, like TV or uh, not even TV, the fucking basically just Facebook is like I've seen this this like chupacabra looking thing in in Russia. There was like these these dudes on this like ice road, and it looks so legit. And all of a sudden, this like almost like fucking Bigfoot motherfucker comes walking through the snow and, and you could see like it does not look like a human at all. And he like dodges it like like how like a whale would in, you know, the ocean. I was like, dude, that looks so real. But I don't believe in Bigfoot and shit like that. So it's like it's yeah. hard, man. I don't know I don't know about the whole Bigfoot thing. Oh, by the <laughs> way, Julia says she went to a festival yesterday and took some photographs. I saw those. They were awesome. They were really good. What, what festival was it? Was it like in, in England, right? Yes. So, um, yeah. I don't know what to think of. Do you ever listen to Coast to Coast? Uh, no. Yeah, it's I, know like, talking, I know what you're talking about. It's like about. a late night, like, paranormal show. They talk Dude, about Bigfoot a lot. And I just like... He does some ancient aliens. Like he'll do segments on ancient aliens. So that's where I know him for Bedford Park mm -hmm. Festival. Nice. So who was playing there at Bedford Park? I see oh, Wayne one thing, with Wu Tang. One thing I want to say though, in terms of like you know playing music and stuff on that, one thing I want to do more is playing live live shows because it's really fun. But I just. I feel like it's hard to get those together for some reason. I don't know if it's my own mind block, but like well, COVID is kind of like, I don't want to say returning. It's like, dude, it's like this fucking, it's really like a, it's a, it's a Russian roulette thing. It's like, you know, you start to pull the trigger and you think about having a tour. And then all of a sudden I've seen shows starting to get canceled again, especially in orange County. And it's like, like for me, I'm almost like trying to wait out the climate a little more until shit's just a little bit more solidified and rules just fucking kind of chill out more before I start playing because I don't want to get any COVID. I don't want to get anybody sick because of my music. Like, I don't think that's worth it. So the fact that yeah, fucking sucks. Well, I just, like, I admire how much you used to play, like, um, like even before the pandemic and stuff. You were always playing shows, you know? Yeah. And, I, and like, when, when COVID happened, I was like, damn, I wish I did that more. I was like, 
like the last like s seven months before the pandemic, I was like working at Starbucks and I was just like, I did like a few, we did a few shows. Like um, we did this show in Lancaster, actually. This band, we, we played with a couple of times there and also Universal Bar and Grill. We played with yeah. this band called Pinstock and they're pretty good actually. And, right. um, but I just feel like that's something in my life that I haven't gotten to do as much as I would like to. See, you I know, playing live. I started at 35. I was like 35 when I started playing live. And I was like, dude, I got to do uh, until fucking I can't do it anymore, you know? And so, yeah, like, I think for like seven years, I like I I'd played every shitty club to every big place that I possibly could. I played this woman's woman's club one time. I played like party like I would play anywhere that I just to get that experience to uh, you know know what's going to happen when things are going to go wrong and once you just that's really all playing live is so many times that you realize what's going to go wrong and you can fix every single time and i saw Bauhaus recently Bauhaus went out and they they i see them but i heard this story. did you go to that big show no, at the no. uh, the rose bowl Oh. Never seen them. Never seen them. This is a story. Sorry, oh. but this is I never seen Bauhaus. I've seen Love and Rockets, but not them. So they had all of their effects through a Wi-Fi uh, system, like guitars, vocals, everything. Wi-Fi, right? And this is a big sold-out show, and it was at the Greek, and the Wi-Fi crapped out. And they didn't know how to, like, fix it. They didn't know how to... See, that sounds like an accident waiting to happen, like relying yeah. on Wi-Fi. I don't know if yeah. I want to do that. Dude, that's I'd why... I'd just do it old school. <laughs> yes. And then I don't know. That sounds, like a, that sounds like a risk to me. <laughs> it is. And when you know plug your shit in and fucking if these cords are going to work and if a cord goes out you can just swip, swap out a cord really quick. Like, it's, it's so much easier than relying on all that bullshit. So, like, and the fact that they couldn't yeah. back down and, and go into that form showed me that they lost their edge to, you know, the, the old school just way, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, they actually recently did that big festival at, at the Rose Bowl, I think, right? It was like, yeah. did, did yeah, you hear yeah. about that? Yes. So, so I think, is that the one that um, Robert Smith curates or something or? I'm not. Uh, maybe I'm. Getting, no, no, it's not. It's it's like there was like Devo, and I had a friend that went to it, and he he kept showing pictures of it. And I'm like, and that band, and that band, and like it was like, whoa, they and really they, like that moon. Remember, it was that that moon that had that orange moon, and they played during the fucking eclipse. Like they were playing during an eclipse, and it was just incredible. I saw videos, and I was like, fuck. They were literally under a blood red sky. <laughs> I remember one time I saw them and they actually closed with 40. I'm like, oh my God, they're doing 40. I've seen, that's the shit, dude. Uh, was that you? Yeah. Was that you TV? I think it was more recent, actually. I think when, when I saw the Zoo TV, they, they closed with, um, I think they closed with, I can't help falling in love with oh, you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Hey, Annette from Berlin. Hi. So, um, yeah, that Zoo TV show was, oh, something else, wasn't it? I saw a license plate this week, and somebody said, it said Zoo TV. And I was like, what? Like, what are the chances of that? Like, it was amazing. It was really amazing. It was great. It really that was. show, I mean, Bjork with the Sugar Cubes. Well, yep. Did you was um you were in San Diego though, right? Uh it was Los Angeles, I think. Los Angeles. I saw no, him in Oakland. Sorry, Anaheim. But Anaheim. I, it was Anaheim same. But I think it was the same lineup. It was of um, course. Public Enemy, right? Yes. Yeah, Public Enemy. Oh man, Public Enemy and Sugar Cubes and you and the the show's just random. So random fuck, dude. Like this is random. And that's how like the nineties were. Remember that shit, dude? It was so good. You would just have, you know, like just random people all mishmashed together, like like Lollapalooza. Remember Lollapalooza? You have like Lush, you'd dude. Have, like, I'm five. so I'm oh. so mad that I didn't go to Lollapalooza. Oh, I went to like, the first five. First five, I was. There. <laughs> I mean, like, I remember the first one. Like, I was at this like, I was at this like art school thing in the summer for like creative writing. 
Yeah. And it was in Oakland. And, like, all the, all the cool, punky, like, arty kids cut and went to Lollapalooza. And I just, like, I don't know. Like, I didn't want to – I didn't have the money or I just didn't, like, get it together. And I didn't – and I, I just – I just sort of assumed Jane's addiction would be around a long time, and I was glad yeah. to see him another time. And then yeah. they like broke up right after that tour. So yeah. of course, of course, the um, you know the relapse tour was exciting because it's like, oh, finally I got to see them again. You know, I so, I was ridiculous for that tour. I I saw them so much, like up and up and down. I saw that tour like probably like twelve times. But I, like I was at the peak of my life, bro. I was like fucking you know, 21 or something, right? Yeah, 21, it was 97, yeah. Yeah, and just go wherever the fuck I wanted to. I got pneumonia at one of the shows because it was, like, uh, raining outside, and I just remember I got pneumonia. One was at the, that Funky Monk's mansion. Like, it was just fantastic, yeah. you know, fantastic. But you but um, you were working at UPS back then, too, yep. right? So were yep. you just, just yep. like, I got to go to the show, man. <laughs> Yeah, well, I worked, over for me. <laughs> I worked, uh, I worked twi- uh, like graveyard so I could get away with some of these things. And then, you know, by the time I got mm-hmm. to work, it was just, you know, either I had to sleep a, at a certain time. I worked it all out like I really did. But the one thing that I do regret, I saw Steve Perkins at a uh, at a drum clinic in Santa Ana. And uh, it was like after work and it was like on a Thursday night in in some drum store and everybody had left and. And I told Perkins, I'm like, man, I don't want your fucking autograph. I don't want anything but tell you that your beats changed my life. This guy fucking hugs me, bro. Gives me this big hug. And he's like, help me move my drum equipment into the car. So I do. We're fucking, we're going to take the shit. You're like, I'll be your roadie for whenever you need it. Bro, bro, he he goes, you want to come to Malibu right now and play drums and probably, you know, just have you know, some fun. And I was like 21 and it was this point, like probably 2 a.m. or maybe like one o'clock. You're like, I got to go to work. (laughs) Yeah. So by the time I was going to get to fucking to Malibu, like it would have been like three and I would really have to call in sick to to work. So I I couldn't do it. I had to turn Perkins down for my shitty fucking (laughs) job. And this is what sucks. I remember Perry saying like back in like the, at Lollapalooza, He's like, he's like, is there anyone working or something? He's like, he's like, don't go back to work. Just don't. Yeah, do that's it. funny. Like, he says that in the beginning of the. Man, I make to work. You know, like I was he's at all, that show. Like, I was there. That yeah. was Irvine Meadows in '91. I was there. So when I was 15 and I heard that, I didn't have a job. But like once I turned 21, I was like, fuck! Now I got a job, and now I can't go and have fun with you. <laughs> I have a job regret regret so much like that. It's it's just like because I when I was like twenty three, I worked at United Airlines. Yeah. At LAX. And I met quite a few people there. I met you know, just like but anyway, do you know Sunny Day Real Estate? Yeah. The band? Yeah, of well, course. I think the bass player went on to play bass for the Food Fighters, but um Oh nice. Uh, and the drummer was like played with the Foo Fighters in the very beginning, but then didn't work out or something. But um, I was a fan of them and they were like hanging out and I was talking to the guy's name is Jeremy Ennick, which is kind of fun. It's sort of similar to my name a little bit, but right. I was talking to him and then like, he goes, yeah, we're going to do a, some festival with Sonic Youth and these other bands. You want to come with us? Like, I'm like, you mean like in your, like, yeah, just come with us on the, you know, it's like in Orange County or, you know, I was like, I would, but I'm working, you know, I was like, and then like, I lost that job like two weeks later. Yeah. And I was like, I should have just fucking quit and go, (laughs) you know what I mean? Exactly. You know, it's just like. (laughs) I should have called in sick and just like at that, with the Perkins thing. She should have called it, but there wasn't cell phones. It wasn't so fucking easy to call in sick in the 90s. That's you know? true. You had to, like, find a and, You know, it's phone. funny because and then you think, like, maybe I could have been jamming with them, and then I would have recorded one of my songs, and 
you know, shit would have happened for me faster, this and that, you know, but life is what it is. You know what I mean? It's me, like, I think like this. Me, I think I would have got to Perkins' house and he would have realized that I was not a good drummer at all and I had no musical ability and he would have kicked me the fuck out because that's what I would have done if the, the roles were over. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but that was me at 21, dude. I hadn't honed anything. I really wasn't ready to play music, you know? I was a package in, mm -hmm. you know? Which sucked. Now it's a different you know me and uh, me and my ex girlfriend Susie were still like friends, and we were in Sherman Oaks, and she lived by this like it was like a Safeway that had a Starbucks, and we went to the Starbucks, and who is right behind us in line but Stephen Perkins? Well, of course, and or he might have been in front of us in line, and then my and my my friend Susie, she's like. She's like, oh, my God, he's, like, the biggest fan of you. I'm like, no, don't say that, you know? Really? But he was, like, you know, he was, like, super cool. And also, I met him at the Mint because, like, you know, he's played there with Peter DiStefano. And since I, I know Peter DiStefano for a while, you know, so. Yeah. Um, I started I, I started recording, like, songs with Peter DiStefano, like, in 2009. So, but, he, He's know. responsible for all this bullshit, dude. Like, when I, like, yeah. Once I saw porno, that, that everybody knows I'm a huge porno fan, but like it mm -hmm. things a lot. But then I started following porno like crazy too, and and watching the the different styles from like Dave Navarro to fucking to Pete was just crazy. Like it was just two different styles, and it gave it just this whole different vibe. And then when he threw them together in one super band, my mind just fucking exploded. Like the Howard Stern shit, my my yeah. Like hard charger and stuff. Yeah, I'm like, what is going on? I'm like, this should happen all the time. It should just be this fucking super. Yeah, why doesn't this kind of stuff happen all the time? You know, it's kind of like now, like Eddie Vedder put together this super group. He's got like Chad Smith on drums, like Josh yeah. Klinghoffer, like you know the guy from the Frames. Like, why not? You know what I mean? What like why does it always have to just be the same band? Why not like yeah. create a super group every once in a while? You know. Exactly. But um, our mind. when that first Porno for Pyro's album came out, it was so like monumental because it was almost like another Jane's Addiction album coming out or something. It's just like, yeah. but you're like, how is this going to be different? And is it going to be as good? And like, it was just like some people weren't into it. I mean, I knew a few people that were like, ah, I don't like it as much, but I liked it in a different way. You know what I mean? Yeah. I liked it as much in a way, but it was just different, you know? It was but like not that different. You know what I mean? Like, it was like same enough, you know? It was and still like actually, that I, style, but it had its own flavor where it wasn't Jane's, you know, like it was something completely different onto itself. And that's what was, but you know, you had something like blood rag, which I think like that was a leftover Jane song, I believe, you know, cause I've heard some demos from, you know, back Jane's back in the day where you hear, you know, I didn't know that. Yeah. Hmm. I'm pretty sure. So like, that's where it gets, you know, complicated, but like I said, it, it, super group, fucking super group that shit. Wait, how about that at Woodstock with that crazy clown? <laughs> oh, dude, so good. La, 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 la. You know, so, like, that clown's like running around like, you know. It was shocking. <laughs> that shit in the 90s was shocking. Like people, like you said, people don't like it. They were almost freaked out about it. They were like, dude, that what? shit would be shocking now, man. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> But, like, I remember, um, so for me, like, since I missed James the first time around, so Porno for Pyros was the first time I ever saw Perry live. Because uh, I saw them in 93 at the Warfield. Yeah. Because I had, dude, I have this friend from my high school, and he had a friend that worked Rock Med at the Warfield, and he was allowed to go to every show and bring a friend. Oh, wow. So, so like, I got to go to that. I went to, like, Fishbone, like, some primal scream and stuff he took my brother to like pearl jam like right when they were breaking pearl jam and rage against the machine opening up for them they, they just had like a demo tape at the time that they were passing out and um but like but i remember you know, that for it, it had the it had the fucking there was a like a match on the front of it and there yeah. was a burning so so they went yeah. to my school like like zach went to my high school and uh he did yeah, and I know him pretty well. Like, not to the point where, like, I could fucking go up and be like, you know, like, if we saw each other, we'd recognize each other's face, but it's not like I know his mom or anything like that. But he had, okay, quickly, I told the story before. Um, he knew my friend Matt uh, Schmidt, who was in my band for a minute, and uh, they grew up together. In 1992, there was this fucking, uh, there was this 
Battle the Bands in Santa Ana. All these bands fucking sucked, and Rage was the very last one. I met Zach, and Zach was just like, hey, man, I know these bands suck. Just stay around and listen to, to, to Rage. I guarantee we're good. At that time, there were these rival gang members that, that happened to hate this guy, Matt, and me. So at that point, after bomb track from the back of the room, I'm like, this is fucking amazing. I run to the front of the, 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 the stage, and there's Zach, that I, the guy I just met, just going fucking crazy. And uh, this guy starts punching me in the back of the head, like one of the gang members. Wow. And so then Zach sees it, and he jumps off the fucking stage, grabs my hand, pulls me up on the stage, and he pulls me down like to a hu little huddle, and he goes, stay here. And he starts doing the Zach thing where he's like, <laughs> he's doing that, right? Then he wow. jumps into the audience, and he fucking hits the guy that hits me. He hit the guy that hit me straight up. Then he jumps back up on stage. He looks at me and he goes, okay, you can go back into the pit. And then that's how we kind of met. And then, like, I would see him at, like, Best Buy. Like, I think the very last time I saw him was, like, at Best Buy. And we just gave each other a, a nod. But I had his German book. That's how, like, he went to university high school. So did I. And so I remember, like, my German freshman year, it was, like, Zach De La Roche. And I'm like, what the fuck? You know, I should have just kept it. Oh, you could take German in your high school? That's interesting. Wow. Yeah, uni was full of fucking weird shit. It was, <laughs> you know, Irvine. Irvine. I, saw Zach to, I saw Zach De La Roche going into the Jane's Addiction show at the Roxy in 97. Oh, yeah. You remember they did? I was there. And I was like. I was that Dude, guy. I was. How did you get in? Because I was trying to get in. Like, you, you had to, like, either win tickets on the radio, you know. You know? It was a rock show. This is how I went. I went there with about $300, and there were scalpers oh. everywhere, okay? I saw a scalper, and fucking, he's like, it, the games had already been playing for, like, two, like, two songs went on, and maybe three, and the scalpers were just getting frantic. And this guy comes up to me and he goes, okay, I'll give you this for 150 bucks. I go, okay, cool. So it was a laminate and a ticket. So when I get to, wow. the, when I get to the front of the door, I, I show them my shit and the laminate and the ticket don't fucking match up. So I lose my shit and I'm all, what the fuck? I got this off K-Rock, guy. Bullshit, this is bullshit. And I start causing a scene. And then the owner of the Roxy out and he goes what's the problem and i go kira give me give me these and they don't fucking match and he's all dude just go in i don't care just go in and then he let me in and then i got like four songs dude i got to see four songs in that shitty little like, <laughs> i just whined white man whined that's what i did it was crazy dude i that show i couldn't get in but i saw tons of people i saw um I saw Courtney Love going in. I saw like Taylor Hawkins going in. I saw Zach De La Rocha, uh, Mark Mark McGrath. Like just all these people going in, and I'm like, I can't go in because I don't have like I didn't really have a lot. Of I had like this guitar with me, and I was like, I'll trade this guitar for a ticket. I didn't and then know. I was just like busking. I was like busking. I made like twenty bucks busking, but I didn't like. But um, I didn't but know. Then when they came there. back, when they came back in 2009 and played El Cid. I got a ticket. It was like nine. Remember, they gave like a $9 ticket. They were just trying to like do something yeah. different, you know? Yeah, yeah. So I did get into that, which is really cool. But I didn't. In 97, I only saw the um, the Universal Amphitheater show. Like the, I think it was like KR Acoustic Christmas they did, like shit like that. Like, dude, I remember. Oh, yeah. I didn't. I can't um, believe. When I saw them, I, they had, you know, Goldie? Goldie opened up yeah, for them. Yeah, yeah, with the teeth. With the fucking team. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and like that was just such an amazing show. I mean, yeah. I was like right up front. You were probably there. We were probably like, hey, this is great. Seriously. But then, Fishbone was at I one. Think I, I think I did. Then they, they were playing again the next night, and me and a friend were trying to like sneak in, and like we kind of got busted. So I didn't get in the second night. But um, but then I saw them over the years. Like, like I think I, I saw them at Shoreline. Um, you know, with Chris Cheney, and then like, and then I I saw him a few times, and then like in '09 I saw quite a bit, like you know the El Cid show, and then they played um the Echoplex. Did you see the Echoplex one? I don't. It think... had um Josh Klinghoffer's band open up for them. No, and, uh, that's fucking amazing. 
And uh, you know who was standing right by me was that guy, Bob Forrest. Oh, Bob Forrest is amazing. I love him. And he was like, he was like, Josh Klinghoffer's the coolest. Flea says that he looks cool just holding a, a plastic bottle or something like that. You know, no, he does. Josh, I love Josh. What's that? I, love, I love both of those guys. The uh, Bicycle Thief. They have their own band, Bicycle Thief. I saw them. I saw yeah. them in, in 97 at Benway Records in Venice. Yeah, dude. They're amazing. And Boy at a bus The stop. bass player from Fishbone. I remember the play. The bass player from Fishbone was there, I remember. Norwood. You know? So when I, I was, see him around, you know. Oh, he's amazing. He was giving free bass lessons during the pandemic. Or not free, but bass lessons during the pandemic. And I almost fucking took him up on that. But uh, when I was homeless for a while, like, when I was living out of my car, I uh, the, the song Boy in a Bus Stop was fucking, like, my jam, bro. Like, and I would just go to, I'd go to fucking coffee shops and people would be like, play something like Santeria. And all of a sudden, I'd play, like, Boy in a Bus Stop, which is, like, the most depressing fucking song ever. And then I would just look all homeless and look at people. And I'd be like, that's Bob Boris right there, bro. That's Bicycle Thief. What was that song he had about, like, I can't, I can't eat my favorite cereal because my teeth are fucked up because cereal. I'm a junkie. I don't know. Cereal song. Uh, yeah. Cereal song. Yeah, yeah. I had that CD, actually, a Basically. long time ago. Bicycle Thief. Okay, dude, I only got two more minutes on this show. So give you me You want to play a song? Well, what do you think the meaning of life? What 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 does all of this mean? Our connection right here. What does it mean? Well, I think you gotta like you know how like Einstein and Tesla they talked about energy. Yes. So like you just have to tap into that field of energy and be like, what am I supposed to do with this art? What do you want me to do? Because I have this art and I want I want to give it to people. I want other people to feel it and I want to make people happy. Definitely. And sometimes it feels like we're just we we just want to um. We just, the, the, uh, the meaning of life is figuring out what your gifts are and giving them away. I agree. You gotta give it away. <laughs> give it away, give it away, give it away now. Uh, all right, let's play some Rock and roll. roll. That's what rock and roll is all about. What do you want to play? Um, do you want to play anything? All I got, if I had to play something, would be just because I'm really bummed, and I know it by the back of my hand, is eyes like Betty White, just because Betty's dead, you know? So the chorus is pretty easy if you, if you're, it's just like eyes okay, like what? Betty White. It's A to D. So A like, to D? A D. I see to 
I remember you playing that one at the Bardot. Yeah, that's dude. That's my that's my go to when I'm all nervous and I don't know what to play. I just you know you have that one song where you're like fucking I gotta play it, you know. So give me one more of yours. Give me one more of yours. Let's do try. Yeah, solo. Like it's hard to. You know, do you know my song Try? Try it. It sounds familiar. The one that goes do it over again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She lives in a black and white photograph. Oh, when will you make it back across the line? She supplies all your needs and takes your blues away. Gives your food to eat and keep you set apart. Help you change your heart. And then she says, Try and ain't good enough. Do it over again. Do it over again. Oh, do it over again. Yo, do it over again. There's a scarlet fixture in your great escape. Watch your love like skin and snow slowly fade away. Beneath an eye above, watches as you sleep. Be anxious now for nothing but your soul to keep. I feel your hand on my face. I will not make a move. I will wait for your grace as I sit in the moonlight. In your moonlight. Try Love, love. Do it over again. Do it over again. Do it over again. change don't make it hard on yourself by staying the same won't you look me look me look me in the eye life is too short for the lie la 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 Again, won't you do it over again? Hey, yeah, do it over again. Ah, oh, yeah, do it over again. She lives in a black and white photograph. I said, Yeah. And by the way, I have a video for that on youtube.com slash, well, um, it's actually slash weed up orchestra, but it's where the like, Buffalo traffic videos are. And um, I made a video. I made one video where I, I was biking around when I was working and I had my GoPro. And then I made another video that's more like more different footage of stuff, you know. I love it. But um, what's the channel yeah. called? Like if they wanted to search, like if, if the people listening. So it's kind of it's kind of confusing, but I have like two Buffalo traffic channels. And the Buffalo Traffic channel that I am posting more stuff on has more viewers, but it's actually used to be Redub Orchestra. So it's actually youtube.com slash Redub Orchestra. But Perfect. I think if you just put Buffalo Traffic music in the song Try, it'll come up. You know? Awesome. <laughs> I'm oh, always so like, you know, confused with all this stuff. Like, ah, yeah. I'm like too many band names and too many, you know, I just have to just 
choose one thing and you know yeah stick with it but i think it's buffalo traffic so perfect T today i was i was having lunch with my two of my brothers you know and i go i, I was thinking of a new name for a band what do you think about swedish bitters and my older brother's like i don't like it because <laughs> <laughs> swedish bitters is this thing my my grandma used to take she'd take like a teaspoon of it it was like these herbs mm -hmm. and it, it kind of tasted gnarly but it was like really good for you so i'm like Maybe my music just tastes gnarly, but it's good for you in the long run. <laughs> could be a song, though. Could be a song, too. You know, yeah. Or an album or something, you know. Or... Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm going to have to end it so I can upload this to audio. This is... so, so keep writing, James. Oh, you too, okay. brother. You too. And we should if you ever feel like, you know, I need to write something, just do it. Just pick up a pen and then, and then just do it. Vice versa. You you inspire me. Everybody check out Buffalo Traffic. And honestly, I don't feel like I would have written my newer song without talking to you because it just spurred something in me. And the song didn't, the song was like a different subject. Yeah. But I feel like it was informed by our conversation. Of course. I'm so dude, I'm so glad that just from a little conversation outside of the Jane's Addiction show, you know, just that was it, man. Look, we'll, we're lifelong friends straight up like I, I'm I, lifelong friends so come back on my show whenever you want everybody check out Buffalo Traffic Jeremy Farrick everybody thank you internet thank you, uh, Julia thank you everybody little trooper thank you everyone this has been what does it all mean podcast Good we job. got Berlin represented we got London represented all right love it I love it I love it I love it we got right. San Diego we got Seattle I'd love, dude, connecting. So I'm looking forward to seeing another show of yours when I come out there sometime, you know? Definitely. And if you feel, oh, bro, if you're maybe there. Maybe I'll start a band out there in Orange County, and then we can just play shows all the time. That's the <laughs> best. And you got to play with us. That's the whole thing. So, yeah. all right. I'm out of here. Love you, bro. All right. <laughs> love you, too, man. Take care. You, too. Have a great, um, what is it, Saturday, Sunday. Sunday. Oh, what's going on Sunday? Rock and roll. All right. Have a good one.